Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi everybody, and thank you for joining me today. I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you how excited I am. This is so exciting for me. This is a first because all the way from Ibiza, Spain, is my guest, Nayabi Cod. Welcome to the show, Nayabi. Uh, thank you, Marcia. It's such a pleasure to be on the show. Oh, and yes, everybody, she does have a delightful accent, I might add. This is really great. The The beauty of global technology connected us, and I am so happy to have you join me today. Just for for those of you listening, Nyabi is the author of The Spirit of Life, and like myself, she is also a podcaster of The Spirit of Life in Ibiza. And I wrote in the blog about Ibiza because... For many of us, including myself, I didn't even know where Ibiza was, but we'll hear more about that as we move through the show. But I thought where we could start, because I love starting this way, I love the, 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 the act of connecting, of conversations, plus connections, equals community. And the way we do this is by learning about each other in this positive way of communicating. So I thought you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and so we can get to know you a little bit better. Of course, I'd love to. Well, um, you know, as you said, my name is Nyabi. Um, I'm, I'm an ex-stockbroker. Um, turned healer, medium, and author of the channel book, which you mentioned there. Uh, and as I'm sure you can hear from accent, I'm British, um, although some Americans often think I'm Australian. <laughs> uh, I also have a bit of a head cold at the moment, so the accent Aww. might be a little bit skewish. Um, yeah, so I'm British, but I, I have the absolute pleasure of, of living in Ibiza, as you said, and it's just such a beautiful, magical island, and with everything that's going on in the world, you know, in the world right now, I just feel so blessed to, yeah, have the privilege to to be here right now. That's so nice. And you know, I, you and I had the the incredible opportunity to actually face each other face to face on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. and I told you I would do my very best to say your name correctly, and I didn't because <laughs> it's Nyby, isn't it? Not Nyabby. It's uh, Nyabi. Do you know? Do you know? No, I told I told you to say it's Nyabi, which is how I pronounce it. This is because I've spent so many, um, many years trying to explain to people how to say it. So I'm like, it's Nye and Abby. But actually, when I, I lived in Hong Kong for years, and when I moved uh, back, and I I lived with my my, well, my parents for a while, my dad was sick, and um, like my dad heard me on the phone. He was like, is that you call yourself? I was like, what, is that not my name? It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> so my <laughs> name is not it. But I actually call myself Nyabi, so you didn't pronounce it wrong. It's always you pronounce my own name incorrectly. 
Perfect. And you know, that's so cool what you just said, because obviously we, we are doing our very best to have a clear, crisp um, communication. But I did hear you say the way you described your parents, where you they were your global parents. Does that mean that you have lived in many places beyond just Hong Kong? Uh, so just, you know, just big, big chaos uh, from Hong Kong and Ibiza, that's it. But it's, it's all been islands, so I don't know what that says, but uh, yeah, I've always lived on an island. Wow, that's pretty neat. I have visited Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I have visited Spain, oh, but I have visit. not visited the island. Someday, when we can all travel again, I will meet you. So let's mm-hmm. let's, let's talk. Like that. Wouldn't that be great? And let me tell you, conversely, I have plenty of space at my house. Should you ever decide to come to California, <laughs> I live in Los Angeles, uh, three miles from the airport. So wow. you are always welcome to come here uh-huh. as well. So let's talk Thanks. a little bit You'd be about. Very welcome, state mine. Oh, that would be so great. But I, <laughs> I did mention that you ha- you had I wrote, wrote about this in the blog that you had been a stock stockbroker before you became a healer and a spiritual medium what is what inspired you to walk away from being a stockbroker to become a healer and a spiritual medium mm-hmm. well it's a good question and um i would say it was less what inspired me more what actually forced me um yeah, so, so I worked as a stockbroker for, for 12 years. I was finance for 15, and um, yeah, I was both. I was a party girl and a career girl, so I was totally burning the candle at the end. <laughs> and, uh, around about the year 2008, I started to develop um, sweat on my face, which I'd, I'd never suffered from before. And when I went to the doctors, um, instead, instead of looking to see what the root cause of the problem was. Instead, they just kind of they just prescribed me antibiotics, which I ended up being on for for well over a year, and it just completely annihilated my gut. And um, yeah, as a result of that, I developed colitis, um, which for those of you who don't know, it's similar to Crohn's disease. It's, you know, it's a, a, a disease or an issue with the bowel and the stomach. Uh, and I had vaccinations done to travel, and because my body was just it was just in such a weak state, it just couldn't fight fight these vaccinations. Um, and so I literally, like, overnight, I just became so incredibly sick. Um, I kept out of bed. I had no energy whatsoever. And I kept having allergic reactions to things and ended up in hospital a couple of times. And, yeah, I was, go- I was going to the doctor and telling them that it was the vaccinations, but, you know, they weren't really seeing me on that. And, um, yeah, I think they, they just took the fact that when I was saying I was struggling to get out of bed, they were um, suggesting that I must be depressed and wanted to, like, prescribe me um, depression tablets. And, um, yeah, back then, like, like most people, I trust the doctor, but luckily for me, I, I knew that I wasn't depressed. So I refused to take the tablets, but it meant that, you know, undiagnosed, my health just deteriorated more and more, like, every day. Um, so after some time, I, you know, I changed my diet dramatically, and I, and I managed to, to eat myself healthy to a degree, um, at least enough to move to, to Hong Kong anyway, where I, you know, I, I set up my own trading desk with a company that was also just setting itself up, establishing itself in Hong Kong at the time as well. So it's quite tough going anyway. Um, and then on top of that, the timing was pretty terrible because um, it, this was all happening at the start of the credit crunch. And I, I literally moved to Hong Kong uh, at the same time that Lehman's crashed. So 
trying to establish myself at that time was just going to be tough. And, you know, I just had a lot of pressure on myself to, to set up with best to make money, to, to not lose my job. Uh, you mentioned you know, you've been to Hong Kong yourself, and I'm sure you know, you know it's, it's an amazing place, but it's very forlorn. It's like not pollution, air pollution, light pollution. Um, so yeah, it was the intense place to live in when my health was already on on knife edge. Um, but you know, it wasn't until I actually moved to Hong Kong that I was actually diagnosed with the colitis, and I was put on steroids, and that didn't go well at all. And Thankfully, after about a year and a half of, of being in Hong Kong, I found this amazing holistic doctor who, she was also a fully trained Western GP, and she got off the steroids and pharmaceuticals, and um, started working out a way of supporting me in terms of like bringing me back into balance of like mind, body, and spirit. And she also finally diagnosed um, the fact that it, it was the vaccinations that had caused me the problems, and um, he also works at the root cause of the spots, which actually um, is actually from, from me starting to suffer of burnout or difficulty, chronic fatigue, um, yeah, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, so I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, it's all the dreams, and um, start of burnout. Um, so, so while, while she started, you know, she helped support me, she was incredible, this doctor, and she helped support me for quite some time, but the stress of my job, um, amongst the stressful situations that I was living through at that time, just missed, I, was, I was barely holding myself together. I was, I, was, I was holding myself together enough to do my job, but that was literally all I could manage. And I just found that I was wishing my life away. And, you know, I said there that I wasn't depressed, but I actually started to become depressed as a result of, of the ill health. Um, so, yeah, so she... Why I was able to be able to better walk away from my career, and if she so said, if I didn't, there was a really good chance that I might end up losing my battle, like the colitis. And you know, see, that's pretty terrifying to hear. Um, that said, it took me a bit of courage to walk away from from my career and thinking of the career and. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you just slightly to say that um, we are many miles away from one another, and there's times when um, you are cutting out just slightly. So I'm, I'm doing my best not to interrupt, but I will probably, oh my goodness, and you just dropped the call. So that was not good, everybody. So um, I'm hoping that she will call right back because perhaps the reason that I wasn't hearing her clearly is because there she is. So she's back. Hang on. Let me get her back in. Back. The oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And and it, it, and and we, you know, the interesting thing I was just saying. As the call dropped, uh-oh, this the sound mm. wasn't real clear. Um, so I uh. believe I got, and, and you sound so much clearer right now, so I'm really glad. Uh, so <laughs> this, this is so much better because I was going, oh, my goodness. But I did, I think what I did gather from partly what you were saying is that there was a lot of stressful time in your life when you mm, were a stockbroker yes. and that you had some real health health issues, I believe you were saying, and but you did get uh, connected with a holistic doctor, and you and I love what Correct. you also said. You said that you were going to eat yourself healthy, 
And mm, I think that did, yes. did I did I hear you say that? So that's great. And you, you know, I must tell that. you Oh, that's lovely. And and I must say um, that now I do hear you so much stronger. So whatever that oh, connection was <laughs> earlier, it, it it is definitely corrected itself. So so that's very good. So we're going to move on because I really mm. want to talk about what's meaningful and important to you because I know that you've written your book and I know that you have your podcast. But like anybody that is in their own realm of existence, everyone has definitions of words. And what might be a, a mm. definition to you in a word might be somebody else's, like, oh, I would have never realized that. So because mm. spirit is such an important term, it's in your book, it's in your podcast, let's, let's start with what the definition of spirit means to you. Mm, Joe, it, it's such a good question because you're right. Like, it, spirit is it's such a hard one to define. And, and I think so many people will have different definitions and, and none of them will, will necessarily be wrong. But uh, yeah, I think spirit to me is, is, is threefold. And um, like we, we are spirit, like spirit, spirit is in everything that we do and everything that we are. It's, it's the thing that, that lights us up and that, that connects us with our, with our passion and connects us with ourselves. And, you know, it's what, it's what brings us joy and what brings us life. Um, so yeah, I think it's also spirit. It, it's also a higher power. It's a higher source. It's that that spark of divinity that runs through us. Um, and you know, it's, it's the wisdom that we hold and the power that that ignites us. Um, yeah, to me, spirit is spirit is God. It's source energy, the divine, like whatever you're comfortable calling it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's what makes us who we are. Like I think you know, I I, I believe we're all we're all a part of uh, of that God source energy. Like we're all tiny fragments of God experiencing ourselves experientially. Um, but one other thing I would just say on that is just, just because because spirit is pure energy and, and energy never dies, you know, it, it simply transcends into something new. When we die, our spirit still lives on. So when we leave our physical bodies, we're still us. <laughs> we're just lighter and freer. Um, and you know, without the contact of, a, of our of our physical body, so as a medium, um, which you know, which we've mentioned, um, I am. So I, I have the ability to connect with the spirit of those that have left their physical bodies behind, and, and I do this by raising my own energetic vibration to the higher level you know, that, that that spirit exists in, like having you know having released themselves from the you know the density of their heavy bodies. Um, but something I'd really like to say on that, though, is that just because whilst, whilst I was born as a medium or born to be a medium and therefore have this ability, like every single one of us has the ability to connect with our own deceased loved ones. Um, because as I mentioned before, like that, that bond of love, it's never broken and, and energy never dies. So all we have to do is like think about our deceased loved ones and they will be there. Um, but we just need to learn to adjust you know, our sensitivities and our openness to allow ourselves to, re- you know, to receive that gift that's there. Um, so, yeah, spirit to me is, it, you know, it's our consciousness, our divinity our, and, and our power. And it's what gives us the, the will to go on. Like our spirit can never be broken. I think it just keeps transcending and growing and evolving. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. It does. And, you know, it, it, it does. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, um, when you when you think about that word and how and how everyone might define that word 
the word spirit in their mm. own way. You know, sometimes you'll hear somebody just say in conversation, she has such a great spirit about her. He has mm. such a great spirit about him. And, you know, when you hear somebody say that, um, you, I would think that means, you know, they're they're so positive and they, they have so much, like you just said, energy and excitement and, mm. and you want to be around somebody that is – that, that has a strong spirit. And then you add the word spiritual, and that alone has different um, definitions for people mm-hmm. and higher power okay. and divinity and consciousness. So those words, I think, are so important, not for me to define what they mean for you, and I don't mean you specifically, but for whomever is mm-hmm. listening. The, the 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 intention of this show is for you to take away what resonates for you. And that's, that's so, so valuable. You are not here to do anything but speak what your truth is and what your feelings mm-hmm. are. And I think that everyone that's listening can do the same and how it applies to them. So I just wanted to say that. Um, as as we as we yeah, move I on, totally it's true. Mm-hmm. So, how when you when we talk about spirit, how long would you say um, has been the spirit in your life? Um, well, I'm going to answer this one in terms of um, spirit. You know, referring to spirit in terms of the people who've left their physical bodies, because I think that's you know that's an experience that I've had for a really long time. Um, I used to see spirit in that sense um, when I was a child and I didn't know what it was and it used to terrify me um, but you know as I you know as I got a little bit older and as I as I moved into the schooling system and my life you know changed um, I you know I stopped sort of seeing that and stopped having that connection but so I actually had a near-death experience when I was 17 um, and I, I saw you know I literally saw the light at the end of a tunnel and had a conversation with somebody and and, and was basically you know, offered the chance to stay or leave. And, you know, I didn't recognize, I didn't know it was a near-death experience at that time. I, you know, I had no idea what any of this was at that time, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I was offered this opportunity. And, you know, I think the reason I was offered the opportunity was because I'd actually been quite suicidal around that time. And I just felt so disconnected from this this world that we live in you know I was I was seeing things and I don't mean uh, I don't mean spirit here but I was for me I was kind of seeing the truth in the lies and the lies in the truth I was seeing you know the corruption in the world I was seeing how we could be doing things better and how we could be doing things wrong and uh, you know how we were doing things wrong and people would look at me like I was crazy when I would sort of suggest any of these things and I just you know as a, as a 15 to sort of 17 year old teenager I just didn't I just didn't get I just didn't get what was going on and why I wasn't fitting in so yeah I was, I was quite I was quite suicidal and I think I was offered the opportunity to leave but I chose to stay and as a result of that near-death experience then spirit in forms of in the form of the deceased loved uh, you know deceased people who've left their bodies um, I was seeing that again, you know, um, walking around my room a lot. But it took about four years for me to even open my mind to the fact that that's what that was. Um, you know, I, I actually thought I was losing my mind a little bit, to be honest. And I just started my career as a stockbroker. So the last thing I wanted to be doing was, you know, speaking to, to dead people, so to speak. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of tried to block it. <laughs> it was a bit like, what? Um, so, I, no, actually what I did was I went to, um, I went to a workshop. 
where you know I, you know if you were learning to uh, develop this connection and I just said how do I make this stop and so he said to me you know tonight when you go to bed just say that you acknowledge that you know, say to them I acknowledge that you're there but I'm not ready for this I'll come back to you when I'm ready and you know after four or five years of it happening so intensely every night I think I said that three times um you know over three nights and then they just stopped which shows the intelligence of spirit actually um and yet stopped for 10 years so I basically blocked spirit out for 10 years um but you know I think in answer to your question your spirit's always been in my life but I just haven't always allowed them to be there that's that's really that's really interesting um it is, you know, I, I'm sure as people are listening, they're maybe identifying um, with their own personal life. I, I know I am. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're saying, as you're saying this, I re- I'm thinking right now one of the first persons that left my life that was so vitally important to me was my own, was my mother. And she was young, and I mean young, meaning Mm. you know she didn't live a full life, and um, and I remember her. We were talking about hummingbirds. I've always loved birds. We were talking about Mm. hummingbirds, and I remember her saying, "You know, hummingbirds never stop. They don't ever land anywhere. They always move around." And I thought, "I don't, I don't know that that's right or not." But there's something about a hummingbird and maybe that conversation and that memory. And so when my when I see hummingbirds, I feel a connection mm. to my mother. There's Absolutely. another bird mm. in my life, and it's called a Phoebe. And I didn't know what a Phoebe was because, like I said, I'm kind of a bird brain. I didn't know what a Phoebe was. <laughs> And my husband had passed away, and it was unexpected. And um, one of my friends was telling me about this particular bird. And I thought, what's that called? Because it's always in my backyard. And she said, well, they're called a Phoebe. And when we were planning the um, burial of my husband, a Phoebe landed on a tree at the precise site mm. that my husband was going to be buried. So we all take what we take from this. Some people might think that that's silly or whatever, but when my <laughs> daughter was buying her house, do I have to tell you that a Phoebe showed up in her yard? So mm. I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying because that is was my choice also to see that spirit as well. So I, I had to inject mm. that because what you were saying really touched me. I'm going to oh, take the emotion away you. from no, a I actually have a. Go ahead. You've been emotional. Well, I was just going to say I actually have a beautiful, similar to, uh, story to share along the same um, thing, actually, which is also very emotional. Um, but my my um, my dad, when he was alive, uh, so I had a cat of 21 years, and um, she she lived with my my parents, and um, all the cats in the other cats in the neighbourhood all used to like sneak into the, into the cat flat into mm-hmm. the cat flat, and used to steal her food, and some of them would stay sleep in the house overnight, and my dad used to get really annoyed about it, so he would chase them all up the garden path with a with a broomstick. 
Um, so on the day of my dad's funeral, there's two stories. On the day of my dad's funeral, um, we were stood in the kitchen and looked outside and all of the cats from the neighbourhood were all just stood around, like, almost like paying their respects. I was like, oh, my God, they're here for dad. Uh, and then about two years later, um, we had to put my cat to sleep, which is heartbreaking. And um, I'd said to my dad, you know, through my connection with, with him in spirit, I'd said to him, um, oh, dad, like, you know, please come and get her. I want to know she's safe. So when I walked into the vet surgery, um, uh, straight away I saw my dad. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I, I joked to my dad saying, but knowing you, you're going to chase her around heaven with a broom. Um, <laughs> so when I got to the, the vet surgery, um, I saw my dad stood in the corner of the, of the surgery with the broomstick in his hand, which just goes to show that spirit has um, has sense of humour as well. Um, and yeah, so when you know when when the cat was when the, when the injection went in. Uh oh. Okay, are you there? Oh dear, right in the middle of a great story. Um, I'm going to just oops, and she did drop again, but that's okay. Stay with us because just as she dropped before, she will be right back and we will hear about the story of her dad and the broomstick because I have confidence that we will once again hear her and I am hoping it's sooner rather than later um, because she knows she's dropped as well. So, um, Abby, I'm just going to wait for you to call back in and there she is. Hello, I'm so okay. sorry. Okay. I don't know what's happening here. I know, but that's okay. We were to the broomstick, and I believe that that's right. what. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the broomstick. My dad in the, in the, in the corner of the vet holding the broomstick, sense of humor. And then when, when the cat, my cat was actually put to sleep, I'm just saying, I don't know if your listeners have ever had this experience with being a, a to sleep, some saddest thing, and you just feel. So, like, the life just leaves you, you them go limp in your arms, and, and she just shouted in my head, Dad, um, that I just heard my dad say, I've got an idea, I've got her. And as I looked over, he stood with, with my cat in his arms. And, you know, it's just like, it, it was like heartbreaking, beautiful, bittersweet experience. And, yeah, it's something for me that I just, you know, if, if people could have the openness to spirit, because I know obviously not everybody does, and there will be people who, you know, think, think I'm crazy for what I'm saying here. But, uh, you know, if you can have that openness openness to spirit, that's, you know, it's just such a beautiful experience to have to have had within that openness. So I completely get what you're saying there with the birds. Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, so let's let's go back to the book just a little bit. Did you know mm. that you were always going to write a book? I mean, how did how is it that you came about writing this book? Did was that book just always percolating inside you? Um, well, I think I've um, I've always felt that I had a book in me even before you know I started the journey I'm on now. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I was you know I was, I was bullied as a child by, by boys actually, which led me into you know, into very deep insecurities. And, and then I became a stockbroker, which was actually, you know, like walking back into the fire pit of a whole schoolyard of menacing boys. Um, you know, I was saying that I was suicidal as well and then managed to turn my life around into being an incredible gift. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I've always felt that, you know, I could 
sort of share some good inspiration to try and help people with that. But um, yeah, as of yet, that book hasn't come. Um, the, the Spirit of Life said books now, um, which I've, um, you know, the book that is out now, that did come, and that came in a very different way. Um, that came, uh, obviously, this is channeled with spirits, so this is a being like Kid Wood, um, who was, you know, channeled beautiful you know, information and wisdom um, through me. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, this is going to be one of the channeled books, to be honest. Oh, that's nice. Okay, well, that's good to know. You know, so when you wrote this book, I've had a lot of authors on my show, and everybody mm-hmm. has their own style of writing. Some people, you know, dictate it to a computer. Some people write it out in a journal. Some people go straight to the computer and just start writing. Many people have a, a, an interesting style of writing and and composing their thoughts. There's a lot of people that journal write. I had a woman that was on my show several uh, weeks ago that had kept a diary from the age of five until she was Mm. in her mid-20s and utilized those going back and looking at, at, at her written word. But I was just curious you know, when when you started to write your book, did you have a, a process that you used to write your book? Um, for me, there was. So the way I wrote my book was actually very different to um, to what an audience, what people would normally do. Um, so because they connected with this this spirit guide um, who's who's you know, who I'm family, I didn't even know I was in the book. <laughs> I had just sat down and, um, you know, connected and started writing. And I, I just had no idea at the first. Like when I, it's a bit hard. I need to explain, that, you know, how I connected with the with the spirit guide in my book. Um, but, uh, yes, I've been doing some mediumship development and uh, I connected with this guy through the mediumship. And I just recognized, um, you know, he, he was um, bringing some words of wisdom from, from this guide. And I recognized that the language I use would be similar to that that's used when I write. And I knew the spirit was helping with my writing, but no, it was just one particular spirit. So I just sit down the next day and just connect with them and write just to see what would happen. And what happened was the place of the book. So for me, I would literally just start, after that, I just sat every day, you know, for one hour a day, um, and it was like, okay, let's connect. And I just channel. Uh, and as I said, it'd be like for one hour every day, it's all it took. Um, and it took me six months, it took six months only to write a book as well, just because it was just pure and old information. Um, but being so I would sit about two hours after and just reread everything that I thought through because I was quite blown away by what was being channeled through me. But uh, yeah, that, that was my process to sit in front of the computer and see what, see what was going to come. So, and I'm, I'm going to just. Dis- be honest with you and I and I'm I'm grateful for those of you that are listening to this show because as you can tell this connection isn't quite as crisp and clear as the last connection we had before that call dropped and so I'm not catching every single one of your words but I believe what you said is that you were writing like uh every night for for an hour every day did did I hear you correctly say that Yes that's correct working very well um i'm trying to move a little bit to see if it gets any better uh but yes that's correct that's much better one hour 
Okay. So wherever you just wherever you just moved that that improved the um, connection. So how long did it actually take you to f- physically write this book? Six months. Uh, Six this months. Is the shortest, pretty shortest time in history. <laughs> yeah, that's probably things that we write now because it takes a lot longer normally, but because it was just just pure channeling from spirit, I literally just sat, it, it flew, you know, it, it just like flowed through me, and that was that. And so, uh, yes, I just did every day for six months, and I pressed up. That's 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 wonderful. I, yeah, you're right about that. You know, it's it's been very interesting to um, to hear the writing process from from my former guests about how long it's taken them to write books, and then of course, you know, it's it's not just the writing. Then you have to have it, you know, read and published, and all of the hoops that you go through to go from mm-hmm. something that's on yeah. a page on a, or a computer or wherever you've got it to an editor and a publisher. So I know it's not a, it's definitely not an easy it's not an easy process. No. Let's 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 talk a little bit and and let me understand this too because I'm not really clear. Have you only written this one book or have you written more than one book? Uh just this one book the pipeline but yeah, right now it's this one book. I see. Okay. Um in the teachings of the book, because I, I, I'm sorry to say I, I don't have the book in front of me, and I wish that I did because that would certainly I, – I, I should have ordered it, but mm-hmm. I didn't, sorry. Um, what what do you hope that – maybe just in, a, in you know, I don't know what you, how your chapters are broken down, but what, what would you say that the book is teaching? What are people learning by reading um, your book, The Life the mm-hmm. of Spirit? Yes, yeah. But the book is literally a book of inspiration, you know, which was, you know, it takes four or five years ago and it was channeled to this time history, I believe. Uh, so it's one thing quite um, predictory of the big changes that come to our planet. It's a book, it to guide man to read that part of uh, And, you know, what the book's teaching is that you know, we all have these natural gifts and talents, but Often we're torn away from these actual gifts and talents in our in our schooling system um, because you know they're not size money makers. So you know, for many of us, our actual gifts and talents are not nurtured, and we need to we make us feel like we're good enough if we can have a, a natural aptitude for the subjects like math and science. And you know, I, I feel that we end up collecting broken children and sending them back to broken society. And you know, our natural gifts and talents they're the very who we are. So if we're to feel our natural gifts or worthy of, of, of society, then we we're not enough that we're not worthy. So this causes huge to us. You know, we all end up competing against each other and trying to be better than each other to better or to feel that need and worthiness. Um, instead of like simply just trying to be the best possible version of ourselves. So the book seeks to it seeks to inspire inspire us to back natural gifts and passions that each and every one of us were, were born with, and it inspires us to follow our dreams instead of you know instead of the path that society has set for us. Because when we start to do this, 
we naturally then start to heal ourselves. And, and, you know, when we heal ourselves, we can then shine a light of love onto the world to help to heal it too. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the thing that, things that the book seeks to, to, seeks to teach. Um, and there's many beautiful teachings and pearls of wisdom in the book. But, um, yeah, that's certainly yeah, a bit that runs through. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to just be honest with you. It, it, this, we are having te- technical times with this show. And um, I would I would certainly let everyone know that you know we're doing the best. This is a live show. This isn't pre-recorded. And you know what what's key to knowing about everything that is being talked about today and about your book is that for people that really want to know about this book, you are certainly your your website is is terrific. And I think I should mention your website right now in case people want to go over there and and check that out. And it's really it's very simple. It's the spirit of life in ibiza.com. And it's very important because somebody's going to say, well, I don't know how to spell that. I can spell spirit. I can spell of. I can spell life. I can spell in. But I'm going to spell um, Ibiza, which is I, B like boy, I, Z like zebra, A like apple. So in Ibiza is Ibiza is how we spell that. So that's... um, you know that that is how people can find your website, and the website is quite lovely. Um, uh, the, I I think that it's it's been really beautifully done, and there's a lot in this website that will will, will can give people more information um, if indeed they are having trouble, you know, hearing um, hearing our show together. And I I do apologize for the um, breaking up of our. Um, of our words together. I, I, I am sorry that that's happening. But, you know, what my husband would say is it is what it is and the show must go on. So we will continue. So um, you talk about healing, and I'd like to know, how did you learn how to heal? I just I really cannot hear you at all. And my suspicion is there you Go right ahead. I can hear you, but keep talking so I can tell you if I can hear you clearly now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll I'll answer the question. And again, apologies to to your listeners out there. Um, I actually learned to heal um, as I was channeling the book. Um, So the spirit that I channeled the book with, um, he, he taught me to heal. So we would just we would just sit together um, every day, and he would move my hands, um, you know, just using his energy, and, and we would move them in ways that would create energetic shifts, so that my hands got used to doing it. Um, so now it's just the most natural thing in the world for me to do when I when I give healing to someone. But I sat for hours with him for months and months to to learn. Um, so pre- previously to channeling the book. I've been on a theta healing course, which is a a very different type of healing to the healing that I do now. But when my dad got sick, I I suddenly stopped being able to connect. Um, So that was really frustrating for me at the time, as I I knew that I had this this newfound ability to heal, but I couldn't heal my own dad at the time that he needed it the most. Um, But I had to accept that my dad wasn't meant to be healed and that this was, you know, this was his path and, 
no matter how hard it was, I had to accept and, and surrender to that. Um, I just want to check, can, can you hear me? I can. Right now this is this is really okay. good. So don't move. Sit right where you are. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, yeah, so, that, so, so I was just saying that with, you know, um, I wasn't able to heal my dad. And, you know, interestingly, it was only a few months after my dad passed that I started to channel the book and, and learn to heal in this way. So, you know, my gift of healing really was, it was put on hold to stop me from trying to heal my dad. Um, and it, you know, it took me a while to get my head around that because, you know, how, how, how could I have the ability to heal others but not my own dad? But as I said, I, you know, I had to accept that this was, this was his path and it was my path too. Um, you know, it was how it was meant to be. But, you know, I'm so lucky that, you know, that I know my dad's around me all the time. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a really beautiful gift that I have. It's interesting how, would you say that for some of us, um, smell, right? A certain smell mm-hmm. will come over and you'll go, oh, I know that smell, right? Um, for me, <laughs> yeah. um, music, a certain song would mm-hmm. come on the radio all of a sudden. It's really, I, I don't mean to take this back to me, but I, 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 I'm, I am listening to what you're saying and I'm relating it to my own life. One of the mm-hmm. um, um, musical groups that my husband really liked was Fleetwood Mac. And there's a song that they made called um, Landslide. And it sort of, it was very, the wording was very significant. And I can't tell you, so my, my daughter lives near me. My son and his wife, they live in Arizona. So they obviously don't come here that often, and certainly they don't come here now. But when they were able to come, because my, it's, been, it's been nearly, it'll be 12 years next month that my husband passed. But I cannot tell you how often we would be at the cemetery, which is very close to my home, and Fleetwood Mac would come in on would come on on the radio. That happened mm-hmm. frequently, yeah. and you know people could say, "Oh, you know, call, call it what you want," but I can just—I'm only speaking for me. I cannot speak for anybody else. I, I guess mm-hmm. I'm speaking now for my son too. Is that? That brought us a great deal of comfort, and instead of filling us with tears, it actually filled us with smiles because it, it, mm-hmm. it was, there was a direct connection. It's the same thing with certain foods that have a, a, a connection. And, and so, you know, people can identify with this in their own way, and, and your book can maybe help them do that. And certainly, like I said, your, your website and your podcast is another way of doing this. But I would like to ask you in the time remaining, what has your journey taught you? Sure. Well, thank you for sharing what you said there as well, because that's actually what um, what I always tell people if they're um, if they're wanting to connect to their loved ones is to listen out for certain songs or you know things like that and smells. So you you just hit the nail on the head with that. Um, but yeah, my, my journey. Um, can you hear me? Okay. I can. Yes. Perfect. Um, so yeah, it's uh, my my journey. Do you know what? <laughs> it's it's taught me to be me, which which probably sounds a bit ridiculous, but in reality, like so many of us are not living our authentic lives or, or being our authentic selves. And, you know, we've, we've learned, we've learned to hide behind society's mask and we, we pretend, you know, to pretend to be something that we're not in order to try and fit in. And this leads to like depression, anxiety and self-worth issues. And, 
you know, so starting the journey to find out who we really are is one of the most important and powerful journeys that we can ever embark upon. Um, so, you know, for me, walking away from the old lifestyle it's one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do, but it was also the key to, to setting myself free. Um, you know, I, I had to hit rock bottom um, before I could find the courage to walk away and to, and to change my life completely. But hitting rock bottom allowed me to, it allowed me to be the phoenix that, that rose from the ashes of my own destruction. So, you know, what, what felt like the biggest curse at the time turned out to be the biggest gift that life could have ever given me. Um, and, you know, by, by walking my own path and reconnecting with the true essence of who I am and, and starting the journey to heal myself, I also got to know myself. And, you know, I was pretty shocked to discover that I actually really liked who I was. And that was something <laughs> I really struggled with previously. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for what my journey has taught me. That's so nice. And I, 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 you may have answered this question earlier in the show uh, when I was having problems hearing you, but as a, as a part of your practice, um, are you a journal writer? Do you tend to take thoughts to journal today even? Uh, do you know what? I actually don't, but it's funny because my book is written in journal or diary form. That is how it's been channeled. Just each day I would sit there, 25th of May, what came through in journal form, 26th of May, what came through in journal form. So the book's written like that, but I actually don't. Um, uh, I'm very much somebody who just goes on journeys in my own mind. Um, so even though I'm a writer, uh, I don't actually tend to write that much down. I actually just go, you know, yeah, as I said, just go and go, go on a journey in my own mind and see where it takes me. Nice, nice. So mm-hmm. let me let, so let me ask you this: um, How do you inspire others to be the best possible version of themselves? What what would you say great. to somebody that, that great you're question. inspiring? A great question. Thank you. Well, um, I don't know. What I think I think to each person, it's you know, it's it's individual to each person. But you know, all of the work that I do is is, is actually about inspiring people to to be the best possible version of themselves. But I think in order to do that, I've I've had to learn to be the best possible version of myself, um, which is still very definitely a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's how we inspire others. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. So, um, yeah, so I think that's how we inspire others. Because when, when people can see, you know, that it's possible, that, that embracing change can, can lead you to you know, to walk in the path, um, you know, the path towards following your dreams and that, you know, when you do that, more opportunities open up when you do. And, um, yeah, I guess when people see you standing in your power and shining your light, they they see the beauty that 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 creates and they want to create that too and, you know, therefore just naturally feel more inspired to do the work that is needed to get themselves to that place. Um, uh, what else can I say? Um, yeah, I also I do I do one-to-one intuitive life guidance sessions, and um, one of the questions I get asked a lot is, you know, what what happens if you see something dark or something not nice in someone's future path? But what I always say to that is like, you know, when I when I go in and do an intuitive life guidance session, I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for darkness. I'm looking at what a person has the possibility to achieve and you know and what blocks that, that they're what, what blocks they have that are holding back and how they can achieve it so you know we can all create a dark heavy path in front of us if that's what we want to choose for uh, you know what we want to choose to put our focus on 
Um, you know, especially if we continue to hold on to our old stories and conditioning. But, you know, we need to be looking at who we really are and who we want to become and how we want to express our lives and what we want to create in them. So, yeah, if someone can look at my life and see how possible, you know, positive changes to create, then, you know, I'm just very happy to shine that light out there for everyone to see mm-hmm. in the hope that it inspires. You know, it's it's funny. Um, we all have our own way of evolving. Some people don't evolve. Mm-hmm. Some people <laughs> are in a constant state of evolvement. People that know me well know clearly that I am certainly in that state myself of evolving. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I do to help myself when when you mentioned darkness and, and you know, it, it's pretty easy to go there for some people. And, um, <laughs> and, and particular, particularly during this time with the isolation mm. that so many of us have, the inability to hug your family on a regular basis and, you know, get together and gather with friends and, and do the things that, and travel and do the things that felt so normal, you know, a year ago. And so when I, what I do, and I don't know if this is a good advice that you would say, wow, that's a, that's a good idea. What I do when I hear myself start to go down that rabbit hole and I hear it, I don't, I'm not saying it out loud, but what I do say out loud now is just one word, redirect. Mm, good and, and, and I, I, I wish I could tell you that I don't have to do that very often, but in reality, <laughs> it's, it's more often than I wish, but that's okay mm-hmm. too because that's, that's a level of evolving as well. And so when, you know, I can tell you this, if I was new to doing pod- podcasting and my radio show, I'd have been freaking out through this show. I'm going to be straight with you. I would have because of the of the in and out of our of our good quality of hearing one another. But I will say this that whatever people take from this show that they are clearly able to hear from you is of value. And if 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 people walk away with just one, you know, glimmer of wow, I never really thought of that. I think that that's really important and you know i since i sort of introduced the subject of where we are living during this um global pandemic um which is you know it's it's difficult for so many of us um what what inspiration can you take from your journey that can help people navigate through these current times what are some takeaways what are some things that you can say to us that was like if you hadn't thought of this you know this might be helpful what what would be some of those things that you could tell us mm-hmm. you mentioned there like trust like you just had to trust in the process with the show um and you know trust trust trusting myself in the process is you know something i wish i'd learned from a young age because we you know, have to we have to trust. We have to know that there's a divine plan, and I, and I wish I could realise that at a younger age, so I'm not sort of, so I wasn't struggling with it so much now. But you know, I, I keep saying, regardless of what's going on in the world right now, that that energy and light are dancing with each other, all in line with the divine. Because uh, you know, for every bit of darkness that we see, it's it's simply bringing everything up to the surface for us to see, you know, what needs to be healed. 
And our world it really needs to be healed in a really big way. Like, we can't change the world overnight. So, you know, there has to be destruction to allow us to rebuild. And I, you know, I spoke earlier of me having to rise from the ashes of my own destruction, like in order for the phoenix to rise. Uh, and that's what I, I, you know, that's what I see happening on a collective scale right now, um, you know, to allow us to create a whole new world that's, that's fair for all. Um, you know, in order for us to do that, we, we have to go through these huge processes. So it was a huge process for me leaving my, you know, my old world behind and, and you know, just discovering who I really was. Um, and this is a process that, that, you know, I think the whole world is having to go through right now because a lot of us don't really know who we are. Um, so, yeah, if I could instill any wisdom on anyone, it would be to trust in the process. But with that being said, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean we need to sit back and do nothing. It just means that we need to, you know, we need to do the work to, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 we need to do the work to, to, to ourselves, you know, to, to be the change that we wish to see so that we can allow that change to create through us because, you know, we are creators. We're creators created in the image of the creator, but we've been creating from a place of disharmony and disconnection. Um, and I'd say, you know, we're now at the pinnacle of the, the world's dis-ease and disharmony, which, which gives us opportunity to see with open eyes and to start to make different decisions to, to bring the world into harmony and, you know, back into truth, back into love, to oneness. So, yeah, I guess, you know, what, what I've learned on my journey, what I take from my journey is, is to trust in the process because, you know, this, this process that we call life, <laughs> we're the ones creating it. <laughs> it's so funny that you would say that because um, I have a, I'm, I'm working in, an, in my office upstairs and I have a lot of things on my bulletin boards and I have a lot of different things that are visually reminders of lots of different things. And um, trust the process is something that's clearly right in front of me as I'm speaking to you right now, which mm-hmm. is just another example. Um, I also know that we need to manage our own ex- expectations as well. But we have to be able to trust the process. And sometimes we don't know what that process is, but what I heard you say is the more we get to learn of who we are and do the work, we can be the change that we wish to see in others. And I, that was where you talked about harmony. And, you know, there's, there, that's, that, that's a great word, harmony. Not only is it something that people use when they sing, but it has to do with how we live together as well. And living together in harmony is is a wonderful, wonderful way of approaching life because I I believe that, honestly, for me personally, we are more alike than disalike and that we can learn to live in harmony if that's a choice. And I think that I, it's a choice for me. Let me just put it to you that way. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the last... The last remaining moments that we have together on this show together, here's a question that I would like to ask you because um, life requires, it's it's another one of those definition words. I ask this question Mm -hmm. often to my guests at the end of the show when I say, you know, how do you keep your life in balance? And balance can mean anything from I'm on a tightrope and I'm trying not to fall or you're in a yoga pose and you're in 
uh, tree pose and you're trying not to fall, you know, that can be a form of a balance. But there's all kinds of other definitions of the word balance. And I'm just wondering, for you, how do you keep your life in balance? Mm, yeah, well, that, so for me, um, I would say nature and gratitude are, are two of the most important things for me to keep my life balanced. I mean, nature yeah. is such a healer, right? <laughs> and when we're, when we're in balance with nature, you know, that, that's what keeps us balanced. It keeps us grounded. Um, so, yeah, as, as human beings, spending time in nature, our, our, our natural habitat, it's just one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves. And, you know, I think, you know, until lockdown, many of us had actually, we've forgotten how important it actually is to do that. And, yeah, I think reconnecting back to back to nature has definitely been one of the gifts that has been offered to us to, through lockdown. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful to now, now live in a home that's surrounded by nature. And I have gratitude for this every single day, which has been just deeply intense. I've had gratitude for the nature that surrounds me. You know, even when I lived in the city, I had gratitude for the nature that surrounds me. I think having that, that gratitude for the nature that surrounded me before it truly surrounded me is what then, then allowed me to create the home that I live in now, which is you know, completely surrounded by nature. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I only moved into the, the place I'm in now in November and just so unbelievably excited. Like I live... I house back onto a forest. I've got a sunset view over the mountains. There's ten peacocks that just show up in my garden mm. and walk in like pure white. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm surrounded by by beauty now, and uh, yeah, it means that I don't even have to leave my home to you know just have that balance and have that you know have that have the balance of the nature and have the balance of the gratitude. So I tend to feel balanced at all times. To be honest, I've, I've created that around myself. I can so relate to what you're saying <laughs> because I, while I live in a, you know, in a big city, a c- small community of Westchester within the big city of Los Angeles, you know, it's a, it's a big city, but I have a very beautiful backyard that includes a fountain, which means that the birds love it, and I feed the birds and the squirrels, and I enjoy that, and. I don't know how much you enjoy photography, but for me, yes, I I enjoy the simplicity of the na- of nature, and I'm I'm always thrilled to be able and see a frog on a lily pad, or you know, a green heron at a pond. I'm so grateful for just at the end of the evening, seeing the moon, seeing the stars. Mm. You know, seeing the yeah. the sunrise and and watching it come up in the morning and and then looking at the clouds and the shape of the clouds, those those that means a great deal to me. And in our hustle mm. and bustle of life today, with everybody trying to do so many things, and I'm I'm one of them. I, I'm not going to say I just sit around with nothing to do all day. I have a very active life. But if it wasn't for what you just said, gratitude, gratitude, and then nature, those two things are such a balance. And I would just say to anybody that's feeling overly stressed that even if you just step outside and just take a walk 
carry your mask if you need to be if you're near anybody you know be mindful be respectful of the people around you we are living under challenging challenging times but fresh air is beautiful and where you are and you can just step outside and and see nature in its glory I don't know. I know it's it's late at your house right now, but I don't have any idea what the weather. What was the weather like where you where you are today for for during your day? Was it sunny? Was it warm? Was there snow? What what did you have? It's been beautiful for the last four days. We've had gorgeous sunshine. So yeah, very mm. lucky. Nice. Yeah, it's been raining a lot recently, so the last four days of just glorious, glorious sunshine, and then the sunset that I get to see from from my garden. Um, yeah, it's just so incredibly special, and as I say, I just feel so beautifully blessed. And like you said, it's simple things, but you know, mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, we really start to really honour and respect those simple things because they're the things that matter. They, they do. They, they do, and when we stop, you know, there. What, what what was the saying? Just stop and smell the roses, you know. Just, it's, mm. it, but it's kind of true, you know. Some of these songs and lyrics and sayings that have been said for years and years and years are actually very true. And when you can stop and and see that bumblebee on a flower, or just appreciate the the droplets of water on a plant, and say, wow. This is nature at its mm-hmm. best. I, I think a lot of people are so busy that they don't take that time. And I, yeah. it's certainly a message that I would give to others to to do that, to, to you know, stop and somebody would say, smell the roses. And mm. I am so grateful that, that you were able to spend this time with me from – a gazillion miles away. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. <laughs> but, you know, I will make certain that people will know how to find you and how to to connect with you, to to consider purchasing your book and subscribing to your newsletter because I think you have a lot to offer. And I know I've enjoyed your offering to me today personally. Uh, I've really appreciated the time that that you and I have spent together today. I'm I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm so grateful as well for having me on the show and everything that you've done. And so sorry for giving you three separate heart attacks throughout the show where uh, <laughs> so you've lost me. Uh, <laughs> I know that must have been incredibly stressful for you, but but thank you so much. Well, it was my pleasure. And I I will be back again here next week, actually, with a woman that's written a children's book. Her name is Diane Kane, and um, she will be joining me next week. She lives in Massachusetts. So the beauty of technology. Let's let's not let's not downplay. If it wasn't for technology, we would not have had this call. And so I am grateful for the fact that we do have this technology. And one of these days, you and I will Zoom again, look at each other face-to-face, watch your cat run across your lap, and um, (laughs) enjoy that time together. But for now, I'm going to bid you good night because it is late at your house. And I want to thank all of you for for joining me today on the show. And um, I wish you all a safe and healthy week, and I will say goodbye for now. Until next time, everybody. Bye, Abby.
Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.